On this week's podcast, we go back to one of our favorite genres, incredibly violent soccer games. Drew is going to be bringing the story this week. Drew, any thoughts about the story you were about to regale us with? It is incredibly violent. That is what I said. Yes. Dead Ball Brothers, we're good for redundancy. And that <laughs> is it. Buckle up, this is Dead Ball Brothers. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of Matthew McConaughey inflected stupidity. A stoast, a dosed, a stoast, dosed, a, a stoast of dubidity. We talk about things on the internet, and you listen to us for God knows why. Well. I like to think that they're at least entertained by how dumb we sound on a weekly basis. And we do sound very dumb on a weekly basis. I'm everybody's least favorite writer for The Athletic, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined, by, as always, by my real-life brother. Drew Snavely and Scott McTominay is the GOAT. Is the GOAT. The GOAT. <laughs> Manchester United won this week. They did. Nice. And it was all thanks to one Scott McTominay. Scott, they had the Pokemon midfield. They had the po- uh. Yes, they did have the Pokemon midfield, which was great. The the Mata Matich McTominay, um, the three tier evolution, the, the three tier evolution path. Um, I McTominay being the full level, you get to like yeah, level he's 55. like Charizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Real ones, no. Yeah, I only cried myself to sleep a little bit, just that, a little, the night before, knowing that that was probably going to be the midfield, and you it worked out, and it. Ew. Barely. We squeaked we squeaked through. Squeaked through. Got that dub. Dortmund won too, so it was a good week for both of us. Dortmund uh, they stomped. Crushed four nil. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's because they got that early goal and then they could just sit back. Mm. Love love a good early goal. Mm-hmm. You play your your count. But that's but that's not what we're here to talk about. That's not what we're here to talk about. Drew, you have told me that you have a stunningly violent soccer game. Yeah. That you want to tell me about and also by extension, all of our listeners. Yeah. All it, 27 listeners that we have. All, all 27 of you. <laughs> that might be a little generous. We appreciate every single one of you 27 listeners. You are the reason why we're out here doing this. Out here in these streets. Out here in these streets. And by these streets, we mean Drew's apartment this week. Yes. Uh, so apologies if you hear um, some dogs possibly barking, some people checking their mail. <laughs> One random guy going around to all these different apartments because that happened literally like two minutes before we started recording. Just uh, just some a little neighborly love. Yeah. You know? And I do have a very noisy upstairs uh, neighbor. As is the way of all upstairs neighbors. So I'm really hoping that he doesn't come home. Because nice. right now it's sounding like he's not. <laughs> Shouts out to that guy not being here. Adam. Drew. As you said, I have an extremely violent story for you. I'm so ready. And I guess I'm going to kind of put you on the spot okay. to start off because I didn't talk to you about this before Did not we started recording. Pre- yeah, this is this is 100% raw. <laughs> We're going in. We are going in. Um, I don't know. I, you already talked about the Battle of Santiago. I did. Uh, Ken Aston, Battle of Santiago, Italy versus Chile. Are there any other violent, just crazy cards out the Wahoo uh, games? games that you can... 
you can think of off the top of your head? There was that one... Okay, so the ones that I can think of are also both World Cup games. Yeah. Um, so immediately when I think of, like, violent games, I think of, like, at the very least, like, one really, really dumb, violent thing that happened in a game, and that's when Nigel DeYoung karate kicked. Oh, my gosh. Um, I believe it was Chabby Alonso in the chest in the 2010 World Cup final. Um, very nice. I believe it was Chabby Alonso. I could be wrong. It was one of the Spaniards. And then there was also that that game in from like the eighties between uh, the Netherlands and I believe Germany and or West Germany, depending on when exactly that took place. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, pretty pretty violent. Pretty yeah. violent. Yeah. Um, those are those are the ones that that immediately. Oh, you know what other one comes to mind? Uh, U.S. Women's National Team versus Canada in the 2012 oh Olympics. That was ridiculous. That semifinal game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was wild. Well, thank you for for saying all of those things. I'm yes. not going to talk about any of them. Uh, I'm just like kind of getting everybody's minds um, geared for just prepping them. Like just outrageous games. Like why is this game even being played? Yes, that kind of that kind of stupidity. We should stop this kind of yeah. Thing. Like in 2006, the World Cup game between Portugal and the Netherlands, which holds the record for most cards ever in a World Cup game. I completely don't even remember that game. 16 yellow cards were handed out <laughs> and four reds. What is even the point? It was the it's known as the Battle of Nuremberg. That's a that's a math problem. That's not a soccer game. Yeah, uh, that was that was a that was a toughie. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the Netherlands seem to be a very common theme in these games. Yeah, anytime. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. That's just the thing. It's just must be their thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, I don't know. Football. Total football. <laughs> for uh, the English football league, which is soccer, for those of you who who might not know, might not know if you've never heard that terminology before. Um, some people very strangely call fo- call soccer football so yes. if you hear football you might switch it to soccer, soccer in your mind yeah uh, proper terminology and all that yeah so the english football league record for most red cards in a game actually happened twice in the same year 1997 and what a year what a year little luke was born little oh, shout out, out to luke, luke. Our, our younger brother the other brother. The other brother. Maybe he'll. Maybe we'll do a. Maybe we'll do a, a dead ball. Dead ball brothers. Dead ball brothers is just an emphasis on on the s on the on the pluralness of of brothers. My dead ball brother. My dead ball brother and me. <laughs> so, anyways, um, these matches it happened twice. Like yeah. I said, Plymouth Argyle versus Chesterfield. Plymouth Argyle is low key my favorite name of a soccer club. Mm-hmm. And favorite pattern yeah, on it's your pattern. sweater. It's fun. <laughs> um, and then Wigan Athletic versus Bristol Rovers also featured five red cards. Um, those were both both those games. Um, the red cards were mainly due to fights. Like yeah, um, you get a brawl and yeah. Normally when you when you get an obscene amount of cards, there is some sort of fight that takes there's place. There's a big flashpoint. Yeah, that makes sense. Which isn't the case with. 
the next record for the Spanish Primera. Okay. They're um, the most red cards ever in a game was in 2003 between Barcelona and Espanol. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was just six red cards. That just, was just, just nonstop. Different incidents. Yeah. Isn't Espanol also a, a Catalonian side? I don't know. Maybe. I'm I want to say I want to say there's some sort of regional rivalry. I'm not there. that familiar with with the geography of of Spain outside of Madrid is like in the center and Barcelona's on the coast. I'm sorry for all you buffs out there um and my lack of knowledge of of the region. But while yes, you... Espanol is is in Barcelona. Oh. So Oh, it's in Barcelona. Yeah, city rivalry. Wow. Yeah. I, I was thinking well, right, I was thinking okay. right there. So maybe a little bit of a bad blood right there. Yeah, a little bit. Like an appropriate amount of bad blood. The world record. Oh, here we go. For most red cards in a match. Give it to me. In a in a professional match. Right. Was set in 2011. That's very recently. <laughs> <laughs> Only eight years ago. Yep. 2011 kind of sounds like it was yesterday, but it was really eight years ago. That, Maybe not to you. You don't need to make me feel older than I okay. actually am. <laughs> Um, both sides are, are lower tier Argentinian squads. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so it, it's, uh, I'm probably going to butcher these. Okay. Clapole. Okay. And Victorano. Which. I almost guarantee you that you did butcher those, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry to all of you Argentine fans out there. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess at how many red cards are handed out? I mean, well, there can't be more than 22, so that's already my... Unless you give them to the managers, I guess. Well... 13. Okay. Um, Every single player on the pitch was given a red card. What? And then also 14 more substitutes and coaches. How? It was the brawl, man, and everybody got a red card. (laughs) I I just... 36. 36 total red cards. I like the image of a referee going around to every single person on the field after everybody has finally been separated and individually brandishing it every <laughs> single time to literally all of them. I, I don't think that happened, but I kind of wish that it I really wish that it did. I, I hope that it did. So so they just automatically forfeit their next match. They yeah, have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you're fielding a youth squad or something like that. I don't know if a a fourth tier Argentinian squad has a youth team, but that's besides the point. Uh, you may be asking yourself, why am I going through all these red cards? Drew, why are you going through all these red cards? These records. Uh, it seems, it seems like you have a point that you're winding your way to. Well, like this whole intro is like a device, yes. much like an introductory paragraph. Yes, and exactly. You're about to come to a thesis statement. How you're, you're right with me. Crazy. I hope that you guys are all, who are listening are with me as well. This is what happens when you're brothers. <laughs> you just like you get on the same levels, wave, man. Like, it's crazy. You it's just so each other's crazy. Sentences. The story that I'm going to tell today yeah. um, involves several red cards, um, and probably I I couldn't find the record anywhere, um, but I'm pretty sure it is a record in the tournament that was played. Um, Presumably not 36 red cards. Not 36 red cards, okay. but it is definitely there. I mean, it is up it there. It is up there. It is up there. It's distinguished in its field. Yes. Um, I kind of talked about Argentina yes. a little bit already. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
this game actually takes us back to the great country of Argentina. South America's crazy, dude. Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> it's exotic. Okay. Um, Maybe it's uh, not. I don't know. <laughs> it's a group stage match in the Copa Libertadores. Copa Libertadores. Best tournament in the world. Is the best tournament in the world, it's like, according it's to you. It's like it's the hardest club tournament in the world to win. Like, guaranteed. Well, um, yeah, I, I guess I believe that. I'll, I'll just take your word for it. Based on the level of play and the sheer amount of travel and how many different places are at, like, crazy altitude, it, it pretty much is. Yeah, maybe it was the altitude that got to the players' heads for this <laughs> game. I don't <laughs> know. It's that lack of oxygen. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. So this this match um, takes place in the great year of 1971. Oh, what's so great about it? Well, let me tell you what's so great about 1971. Apollo 14 just landed on the moon. Nice. Because they could. Yeah, really crushed Apollo 13 into dust. Yeah, it's actually the third moon mission to land on the moon. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> supposed to be Apollo 13, but... <laughs> Richard Nixon was unfortunately president <laughs> of the United States. Every man, every man really was a great year. <laughs> what, what a year it was. <laughs> and Boca Juniors were in the same group as Sporting Cristal in this year's edition of the Copa Libertadores. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Dick Nixon. <laughs> Just kidding. We're here to talk about Boca Juniors. <laughs> So both teams qualified for the tournament by winning their respective leagues the previous year. Okay. Um, so Cristal winning the Peruvian first division. Oh, they're of Peru. They're of Peru. Gotcha. And I love saying Peruvian. So Peruvian. Peruvian. Uh, and Boca obviously winning the Argentinian One of the most top flight. Yeah. Argentine clubs that there is. Yeah, and uh, Sporting Cristal is one of the the most famous sides from peru from Peru, cool. um but when you're talking about the world soccer peru is kind of lower a little the, bit of a minnow oh yeah a little bit of a minnow especially compared to the other countries in south america right so um in this year's copa libertadores mm-hmm. there are five groups with two qualifying teams from each country placed into the same group as another country right so like, group one were two teams from Peru, two teams from Argentina. Yeah. Group two, two teams from Bolivia, two teams from Uruguay. I just... It's a little weird that they put yeah. both teams from each country in the same group. I don't know if it's what they currently do. I feel like it's not. I, 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 I think it's changed. I feel like you're probably not putting into any of the preliminary groups. Actually, oh, I don't... It's. I need to check on on the recent like Copa Libertadores. The the format of of the tournament has changed so much. It was it was tough for me to follow, and so I just kind of stopped. Which is like, I know not great when you're coming to listen to a <laughs> historical story. And I, yeah. I want. To know I want to say. I want to say that now there is no. Oh wait, no. There's there's group stage. Right. Yeah, no. There's yeah. definitely there, group, there's a group, stage. group yeah. stage. Yeah, but it, the the setup is completely different. So I just yes. wanted everybody to be familiar with the that with is, this that is, year's format. And that is weird. Like usually you have you don't put people from the same country yeah. into the same group. Similar to I mean the Champions League does that. You don't 
get like people from your usually you don't have people from your region in your like World Cup group stage unless you're European because they have the most slots kind of deal. Yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah. Um so for for whatever reason they thought that this was the best format. This was going to be a good idea. This is going to be a good idea. And um so yeah, the the top team from each group advanced to the next group stage and was joined by the Copa Libertadores current title holder. Gotcha. Um, these teams were placed into two groups because there are five groups, mm-hmm. five winners. Yes. Plus an additional current title holder right. of the Libertadores mm-hmm. trophy. And they played in two groups. And then the winners from those two groups played each other in the final. In the final. Okay. And that... So multiple round-robin rounds. Yeah. And then... Very, I I'm the only reason why I'm going through this is because I thought that it was kind of intriguing. The format, the format, yeah, the, the format's interesting. Very similar, FYI, by the way, to the Caribbean Cup. Yeah, if you have uh, listened <laughs> to the pod before, we just talked about that. So this was actually this is a little fun fact. Um, during a time in South America where they didn't use goal totals or extra time to decide a draw between two legs. Yeah. Um, the teams would play a third game on neutral soil to determine a winner. Oh, so if, okay. If, so say um, Sporting Cristal won five nil. Yeah, but then Boca won one nil in the return leg. They're even. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Goal totals do not there's, matter there's at all. No, and they would have to no play like a third game. It's just a, yeah. it's just a game. And I thought that that was pretty unique too, um, because the final which. Involves neither of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> Big yikes. Um, Spoiler alert. was actually like three games. Like first first game of the championship was was played um, at Estudiantes home field. And the second game was played at Nacional, Nacional's home field. Right. And they're both level after that. That's and Argentini, Argentina and Colombia? Th- Nacional is, is uh, Colombian, I believe. Honestly... We'll see. Google us. Fact check us. Um, it's probably. I'm getting. I'm getting real deep into my. I'm stretching the limits of my uh, <laughs> South American. Yeah, yeah. No Uruguay. Oh yeah, yeah. They're an Uruguayan squad. Yep. Um. So, anyways, that's just a that's a little side note. Um, we want to go back, get back onto the path. Yes. That leads us to the collision. That leads us between to the Boca and Sporting Cristal. Give it to me. So they were joined in the group by Rosario Central and Universitario, mm-hmm. um, the other teams from Peru and Argentina that qualified. And after the first leg matches, Universitario was leading the group with four points. Cristal and Boca were tied with three, and Rosario Central was just behind with two. Yes. So, I mean, the group at this point is is completely wide open. Yeah, yeah. Still three more matches to go. Um Everybody's feeling pretty confident that they can win the they group. Still pull it out, like yeah. the destiny is in their hands. Written in the stars. Written in the stars. In the first matchup between Boca and Cristal, which was played in Peru, mm-hmm. uh, Boca was defeated 2 0. Okay. So they're looking for a little revenge, and, yeah, on, yeah, and obviously they're looking to win the match because they want yeah. to win the, <laughs> they want to win the group. Yeah, so the return leg was played in Buenos Aires at a couple weeks later, um, and 
this takes us to the start of the match. One of the most violent games to ever be played. In Buenos Aires. In Buenos Aires. Typical. <laughs> so I think I want to take a little break now. <laughs> we'll take a little break, listen to the sweet, sweet music. And we'll come back with uh, some violence. With some violence. Wanted violence. What's up, all you cool, cool listeners? Cool cats. Cool cats. Adam and Drew here with a little bit of a break time just for some housekeeping things in the middle of the story as we are wont to do. It happens. Well, it has now happened the second time because we started doing this one episode ago. Yeah, and I think that we like leaving people on cliffhangers too. A little bit. So. Like, keep them coming back for more, you know? You can't, you can't just feed, them, feed it all to them all at once. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, little, gotta leave a little taste. <laughs> We wanted to uh, take this time to read a uh, listener review, uh, which is from Leslie Gideon, who is notable because she runs what we think is the only other soccer history podcast. Yes. Um, She loved a really nice review, though. She gave us five stars. Shouts out, five stars. uh, Entitled Celery Snitches. A delightful brother duo doing their gosh darn best to share current and historic soccer stories with fun and lighthearted sibling bickering. Also, yes, they do talk about actual celery crimes because soccer is just that wild, which is true. We did, we did. That was a that was one of your stories, the celery, yeah. the celery story. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty wild story. Um, thank you, Leslie, for yeah. for that review. Super nice. If you guys want to check out her podcast, it's Sideline Tackle. She has some uh, like. It's bit more like soccer history narration. Um, there's like there's like kind of like almost like a, a theater vibe to it. It's like a, a like more production value, sound effects. She she kind of takes you into the story kind yeah. of thing. Um, whereas it, us, it's just discussing things and, and being dumb about it. Yeah, we're mainly just dumb. Yeah, like ninety percent of the time. And so, hopefully that appeals to you. And, and hopefully that's why you're still listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for the review and the rating. As always, please rate and review us. It helps us out a bunch. So much. And it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It definitely is a nice little confidence boost <laughs> to you boys. Um, as some of you may know, our WTFPL League is still in full effect um, back from the international break and everything. Back from the international break and everything. I'm doing terribly. Adam is in 36th place out of 44 teams in the you, league. You hate to see I, it. I, you hate to see it. I'm doing a little bit better, uh, sitting at 12th. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit better. Within striking distance of Dunkin' Donuts, a one Noah Baker. Uh, he has an excellent FPL name. He does have a good FPL Dunkin name. Dunkin' Donuts, a little playoff of Lewis Dunk um, and the Brighton Seagulls. Are they seagulls? Yeah. Or is yeah. it just goals? I mean, it's Brighton Hove Albion. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I think they're seagulls. Is Seagulls. Seagulls. Yeah. He is uh, currently crushing it. 328 points. A firm grasp. A firm 18-point lead over the second place. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. But anyway, uh, Noah is in pole position to win a little gift card from... Away Days Football whose shirt that I got from them for their $25 mystery kit I am currently wearing. Um, as a lifelong Nottingham Forest fan of about <laughs> a month now, I can safely say that I love this shirt. It's an actual, like, 
like authentic like replica jersey. It's got like some Portland. It's really cool. Vibes. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, got like the, the diagonal red stripe with a little white trim and stuff. It's a it's a sick jersey. It has a uh, two stars for um the European Championships that Nottingham uh, Forest has won. Yes, more European Championships than Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Suck it, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, super cool. So. Uh, once again, we are giving away a $25 gift card to Away Days Football if you win our FPL League. And if you do win your FPL League, that $25 gift card can go towards a mystery kit from Away Days Football where they will send you uh, a kit from lower division England teams or French teams or Spanish teams, teams that are not as well known and like kind of premium. So A little um, obscure. Impress yeah. some people. Yeah, you know, make people think that you're a, you're a real... A real soccer fan. A real connoisseur of the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a fine wine enthusiast. I think that... I think that... A we sommelier. Should, I think we should go to the... We should definitely stop let's doing Let's finish this. this story. You know what? We're going to finish the story. We'll be right back. Welcome back to story time. Drew left me... And you, presumably, like little baby robins, I, I opening got, their hungry maws for, for worms because we got to the game, but we haven't heard anything about the game yet. Yeah, I, should, I definitely should have built the suspense a little bit more, and so I apologize if you're not that hungry. You know what? It's, it's kind of like an artistic choice at this point, like an A24 film. Well, I'm going to go my hardest, and hopefully... You guys feel rewarded for sticking through the second half of the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. Let's get this bread. All right. So the second leg between Boca and Cristal. Yes. Was actually the first ever, not the first ever, one of the first games transmitted to Peru through satellite. Oh. And so... As a result of this, everybody back home in Peru could watch, making the scenes that they were about to witness. I'm assuming this is a bad that much thing. <laughs> more well documented. Um, so it doesn't turn out great as a result of, yeah, of that. But uh-huh. um, let's just let's just get into the game. Before we get into the game, I would just like to say really, really quick that I enjoy that Cristal shares the name of the champagne that all the rappers drink. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> right. um, the game started off as tame as it could have been for one that's being played in Buenos Aires at Boca Stadium. Pretty high stakes. 60,000 of some of the craziest fans yeah. in the entire world. Absolutely. Um, La Bombonera. Yeah. The Boca Juniors is La Bombonera, right? Yes. Not River Plate? Good. Yes. You got it. You crushed it. <laughs> Nice. Um, Boca actually storms out to a 2-0 lead pretty early on. Yep. So goals from Jorge Conch. Koch. I'm pretty sure it's not. It's C-O-C-H. Koche? Um, it's, it's probably uh, something like that because uh, Argentina, fun facts, Argentina, um, you'll see a lot of Argentine people that have German last names mm. because... It was a colony? No. Adolf Hitler? 
Yes. Yes. Actually. Yes. Um, Argentina was oh, no. kind of a safe haven for Adolf Nazis after World War II that were trying to flee war war crime tribunals. Yeah, and that's... And, and Argentina in general uh, was known for one of the most successful ethnic cleansings ever. So that is terrible. Yes. <laughs> and there is that conspiracy that Adolf escaped to Argentina. There is. Did um, not kill him. Yeah, I mean, there's there's essentially one big reason that when you see like Argentina play a soccer game, um, uh, almost everybody is so completely fair skinned. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't used to be that way. Yeah, that is that is sad. But that's not what the story is about. That's not what the story is about. Um, Jorge Koch just scored, yep. <laughs> and his teammate Angel Rojas. Yes, added. To that goal added, tally. Added a tally. Added a tally. We're at 2-0. We're at 2-0. Dos Acero. Um, then Juan Orbis Orbegoso. Okay. Orbegoso. You're killing it, by the way. I'm killing it. You're crushing it right now. Um, cuts the deficit in half. Ooh, okay. Putting Cristal on the score sheet. Yeah. Game's 2-1, heading into halftime. Uh, both teams feeling like... The game's theirs, you yeah. know. The the momentum has kind of shifted into Cristal's um, pockets, into, in, into their favorite. seat, but into Boca, their favor. Boca's still at home. Boca's still, still at the home. Lead. They still have the lead. Right. Um, and so the second half starts. It's a little chippy. Um, and like in all great soccer games, there was a goal in the 69th minute. Nice. Very, very nice. A goalkeeping error led to a Carlos... Pajuelo banger that made the game level at two Ooh, okay. games All right. a piece. This so is where it have, gets good. This is where it gets good. Now yes. I, can, I can feel it now. Now it's really anybody's game. Yes. Because even though ties can still be a thing, um, both teams are going for it because they want to finish top of their group. Because only the only, top, only first place team advances. Only the first place team advances. There are only 20 minutes left. Mm-hmm. And tis, uh, the intensity is cranking up. The crowd's going crazy. Right. Um, players are feeding off that energy, and things are about to get really, really violent. Yeah, when you start feeding off of the energy of a South American club fan, like, it's going to go poorly for you. Yes. Because they are crazy. Absolutely bonkers. They are insane. Yes. <laughs> so, fast forward a little bit to the 89th minute. Oh, wow. So it's actually... We're right down to the end of we're it. We're right down to the end of it. Boca's Roberto Rojel dances his way into the penalty area and expertly falls to the ground in ground south in grand south american fashion okay you say this do we do we know for a fact that he he dove is that so referee alejandro otero who hailed from uruguay 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 didn't see enough to the challenge to call it a penalty I mean, it is the 70s, and you could basically get away with assault on the field in a lot of places at that point in time. So, I mean, he probably did get hit, but yeah. it also could have been a dive because this is South America that yeah, we're who talking knows? about, you know? We're, we're talking about people that roll, you know? So this escalated things around the stadium because yes. pen- it was a potential penalty for Boca. People upset. People are very upset. Um, after a quick restart, um, Boca's captain, mm-hmm. Ruben Sunye. Um, who is the player who's actually pretty much believed to be the one that started this entire uh, chain go. of events that's about to... That's um, what I call leadership. Happen. Attitude reflect um, leadership. Captain. When 
<laughs> oh, I remember the oh, Titans. Remember the Titans reference <laughs> for you? Uh, when he brings down Sporting Cristal's Alfredo Quesada. Ooh. Which sounds like a delicious Mexican Italian <laughs> dish. Oh, my God. Alfredo okay. Qu- Quesada? I right, mean, come right. on. Give me one of those. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> this um, is now an episode of The Cooligans. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a promising possession for Cristal. Yeah. Um, Sunier comes flying in, takes him out from behind. A little payback. Um, and this is where the game reaches the point of no return. <laughs> well, at least we got to like the 90th minute. Yeah, I know. We're like... <laughs> You guys did pretty good. You guys did pretty hey, yeah. hey, good job, guys. Um, this next passage is actually pretty well detailed from these Football Times journalist Dan Wilson. So oh, nice. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Uh, during the fight, Sunye, well, like, so the Sunye tackles him, benches cleared, fight ensues. Just immediately? Just like immediately. What was the um, tackle like? I mean, it. All that I read was that it was just a harsh challenge from behind. And okay. It was um, insidious enough for uh, the Crystal fans to take, take exception right. um, to the challenge and think this dude is really trying to, like, to hurt, hurt us. Him. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it was also, um, like, a promising passage of play for Crystal. Right. And so um, they're definitely upset about that. So the fight breaks out. Sunye um, manages to manages to grab one of the, the corner flags. Oh my gosh! Um, which can be used as a pretty yeah. deadly weapon because I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, the spike at the end of those things, but they're pretty long and yeah, they're like pretty couple, sharp. They're a couple inches long and they're sharp enough to just yeah. like easily stab into the ground. Thankfully, there aren't any reports that he actually made contact or like stabbed yeah. anybody. Which which is great, but he was trying to attack Alberto Alberto Gallardo um, with the corner flag. What? Gallardo, fancy in the fight, kicks Sunye in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a just a flying kick straight to the face. I love um, that, that was the response. Like, yeah, oh, a person is coming at me with a deadly weapon. I am going to try to kick them in the head. When there is just absolute chaos unfolding all around you, you can't yes. back down. Like, a dude is trying to literally go medieval. Backs against the wall. Dude's coming at you with a corner flag. Kick him in the face. Kick him in the head. That's the answer. This kick actually opens a gash in Sunye's head. Like, it was a powerful kick. Yeah. Um, required seven stitches to heal up later um, after he went to the hospital. He He's hit the power shot. one of a few who... He hit, hit the power shot on FIFA. He, he hit the power <laughs> shot. Um, there's actually a photo of, of Sunye, um, like, just the gash in his head bleeding and, like, being held back Good by the referees Lord. because he was still trying to go at, at those guys. Like, <sighs> it, it's one of, like, the most infamous, famous... Uh, one of the infamous, famous in, in, photos. Infamous, from- famous... <laughs> John Stamos <laughs> mixtape. <laughs> this is my haiku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the more iconic images uh, of the fight. Uh, which is it? I, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, um, Boca's Jorge Koch, who 
was actually one of the goal scorers earlier right. in he the game. He scored the goal. He scored a goal. Um, I guess we had a pretty lengthy conversation about that. We talked that. about him. We talked about him. And a little bit of other history. Um, was lashing out some kicks of his own. Uh, I, I just... I love that soccer players kick each other. Like, that's the, that's the instinct. Well, this is like a kind of like a pretty cheap shotty kicks mm. because um, Sporting Cristal's Eloy Campos was on the ground oh, from the carnage. No. So Koch trying to seize the opportunity, the opportunity. <laughs> um, kicks uh, Campos in the head, Duh. breaking his nose and yep. knocking him unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eloy Campos's Cristal teammate Fernando Mayan um, sees this and he goes to defend Campos because he's, I mean, knocked out, obviously, completely unconscious. He loses his balance and falls over, and Jorge Koch can't believe his luck <laughs> because there's another guy on the ground. Perfect. <laughs> well, this one is actually pretty terrible because um, when Mayan fell to the ground and Koch kicked him he actually fractured his skull he kicked him that hard um there's like there is two like i saw people do this in in high school in in just like high school soccer yeah and i've seen it probably almost at every level of soccer and it's amazing to me that it happens but there's like to like see somebody that is down and just like boot them especially if it's in the head there's like a a like a concerning lack of empathy there. Like, yeah. like you're a psychopath. Yeah, like, no. you're gonna kill somebody. I mean, this is the seventies. Except for Rico Clark kicking Carlos Ruiz in MLS because <laughs> everybody wanted to kick Carlos Ruiz in MLS. He gets and a pass. Rico Rico Clark Rico Clark kicked him in the chest, so he gets a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely gets a pass. So um, with. Campos and Mayan on the ground, fractured skull, one's knocked out. Absolutely. Uh, Orlando De La Torre sees this, another one of their teammates. <laughs> yes. Um, and he bravely ventures to, over. Yeah, and he's like by himself. It's like two on three. Yeah. I mean, I mean one on on like three guys. Big yikes. Three Boca guys. Yeah. Um, but he stood his ground. Unfortunately, um, back in Peru. His mom is watching the game, um, mm. and I don't know if she was just, like, an unhealthy person or, like, a ton of stress, like, overcame her when she saw her son fighting these guys, like, three guys against her one son, um, but she actually suddenly died from a heart attack. What? Yeah. And so that's why I said, like, man, it kind of sucks that this game was being broadcasted to Peru like, for one of the first times ever. Uh, That's awful. That's terrible. Yeah, so that that was really sad. Um, and I'll, I'll go back to that a little bit later. Okay. Um, the referee, Alejandro Otero, who I brief, briefly mentioned earlier, yes. um, was the one referee, he was the main referee, and he was the only one that stayed out there in the fight. Um, all the other referees seeked asylum not asylum uh, sanctuary 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 <laughs> uh 
and they just didn't want to get hurt. But Otero right. was actually also a police officer. So Oh, dude was down. Yeah, he was uh he was breaking things up um as best as he could. I mean, there were police officers in the fight, like trying to break it up. I mean, this is like carnage all over the field. Um he once things started to settle down right. has to make a call because he's the one in charge of the game he books and he sends off every single player Mm -hmm. with the exception of three guys what yeah okay so both goalkeepers yeah so boca defender uh um both goalkeepers who i actually didn't write down um and then boca defender julio melendez and so those were the only three guys that didn't get cards but with the amount of ejections that just happened, the game cannot go on. And so it just ends right there in the 89th minute. 2-2 two, two draw. Man, I kind of wanted to see the 2v1 full fields game. <laughs> it's <laughs> I too bad. I wanted that to happen. <laughs> it, it really is too bad. Uh, when, when everything was all said and done with the fight, um, three players were sent to the hospital. Yeah, so obviously. The one with the gash, the one with the broken nose and was mm-hmm. unconscious, and the one with the fractured, fractured skull. skull. Obviously. Um, then Orlando de la Torre flew home to Peru. Yeah. To be with his family because his mother just passed mother away. Passed tragically. Away. The rest of the guys were sent to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, of the Peruvian team or both teams? Both teams. Okay, good. They were, yeah, they're both in it jail. Would be, it, would, it would be some Buenos Aires crap to just send the other team yeah, to jail. You yeah. know that. <laughs> um, they were all given 30 day sentences. Um, which is like good. Like there needs to be some yeah, sort of repercussions. Yikes! In Peru, the Peruvians just watched the entire match unfold on their televisions for one of the first times ever. Right. Um, formed a mob outside of the Argentine embassy in Lima. Oh no! <laughs> um, in response to the brawl. Oh my gosh! Um, and then through some backdoor politics and wanting to resolve the situation as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, players were released after a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think they ended up only spending one or two nights right. in, in prison. Um, but they, it is a, it's a miracle that when that fight didn't happen, the fans didn't come onto the field and like murder everybody. Yes. Yes, it is a miracle. I I could not believe that there were no fans. That on that pitch. didn't happen. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. They must have had a lot of police officers on site. Yeah. Um, Boca was kicked out of the tournament because they were the ones that were credited with starting the fight. I would. I I have to say I would probably side with the Peruvian team here, based on this recounting of the tale. It sounds like they mostly just reacted to it. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously... The Boca players were going batshit crazy. You are going going to fight back if somebody's coming at you with the spiky end of a corner flag, you know? And, yeah, a couple Peruvians got knocked out cold, one with the fracture skull. Yeah. I mean, pretty pretty bad. Not not great. Um, So their two remaining games were just given as automatic victories to the other teams in the group, which is great for them. <laughs> great for them. <laughs> um, Sporting Cristal was allowed to continue the tournament. Wow. But 
with all the injuries and suspensions they that yeah they can't do anything uh, that they had they had to field a team of reserves and youth players for their final two games they got smoked yeah big oof um, and though they were tied on points with Boca when the group stage ended their goal differential their goal differential was way worse because they got beat so badly the last two games that they ended up finishing last in the group <laughs> which is kind of Un- sad unfortunate a little unfortunate um and crazy that Boca finished third without playing the last yes. their last two games yeah. but um i don't know if i mentioned this earlier but Estudiantes would eventually go on to win the tournament in you three games. That, you mentioned that they would make they made it to the final. They made it to the final, and then they won. They won after three games, because um, the Copa Libertadores is set up in a weird way, where the final is still played two legs, one at each player's yes, one one at each team's to this day. homes to this day because um, we had that whole situation with River Plate and you, Boca. Yeah, they couldn't play the second leg. At River Plate. And so they went to Real Madrid they, yeah, they in the Estadio Bernabeu, Bernabeu, Bernabeu um, to, play to play the final game, which River Plate came out with a victory there. Yeah. But that is yeah, the yeah, yeah. story of the time 19 players got red cards in a... Copa Libertadores match, which I'm pretty sure is a record um, for the tournament. I was I was unable to see any other games in the tournament that was even close to 19 red cards. You know what? Even if even if it isn't the record, it's a story that's worth telling. You were not kidding when you said some some crazy violence. There, yeah, because it, all the all the games all the games that I was thinking about had like a lot of fouls, but like. Nobody got like seriously injured in them. Yeah, thankfully, um, we're in a time now where those kind of brawls just don't really happen anymore. Where yeah. I feel like it was a lot more common occurrence back in the day. Maybe it I mean, definitely yeah. feels like it. Yeah. happened. Yeah. more frequently I, I, back I think, then. I think that that's a, a I mean, fair the, assessment. The game itself was more physical and violent. Yes, than what it currently is now. Um, <clears throat> which anytime you get a bunch of dudes. And they're jacked up testosterone, um, sweating for 90 minutes, and somebody puts in a horror challenge. Um, there are definitely going to be players that take exception to that. Yeah. And neither side is going to want to back down. They are, uh, they're going to want to make a little statement. They're going to they're gonna want to make a little statement. Sometimes that statement is a corner flag to the head. Sometimes <laughs> it's a, a kick to the face. Fractured skull. Punch to the face. Punch to the face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that um, that is the story. That that is what I have. That's wild. Yeah. This is. I feel like this is your first like mad serious one. Yeah. It definitely doesn't feel great, but <laughs> I, I don't feel good. <laughs> the story was interesting enough to tell, um, and it was a little tragic. Yeah, with with the mom dying, it's really sad. Um, But I figured some people would want to maybe hear it. So that's that's the deal with the history. That's the deal with the history podcast. Not all kicks and giggles. No, it's really not. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes it's uh, some serious. Sometimes you need to get into the nitty gritty. I've already got. I I already know what I'm doing for next week. Oh, very nice. Um, And it is way more wholesome. So oh, awesome. you you already have that to look forward to. I I'm looking forward to it. 
Good. As always, uh, follow us at DeadballPod on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. You can find us on Facebook if you want. DeadballPod at gmail.com for any questions or concerns or stories you would like us to cover. Insult us, whatever. Or if you just want to drop in a little If you want to say, say, hey, what's up, we'll respond. Yo, not much. What's up? We want to thank you fans so much. We just got an email that we are charting at number 35 for soccer podcasts. In the United States. In the United States specifically. According to Chartable. According to Chartable. We don't know how reputable that is. Yeah. If you guys have heard of Chartable before and you know what they're like, then let us know. And uh, but it's still pretty cool. It's still pretty cool. That was definitely neato, neato gang. Um, yeah. I think I think I checked it out before on Chartable at one point in time. We were like fifty second or something like that. So we're moving on up. There's only one way to go. Well, no, there's two ways. There to are go. two. Way, there are definitely <laughs> two ways to go. Um, yeah. So as always, follow us, talk to us. Um, thank you so so much for listening. And uh, we're going to see you again next week with another story. Random, weird, interesting, funny, sometimes tragic story about soccer history. Just giving them a taste. Yes, yeah, shaking it up a little. Letting them get like, it's like I'm sauteing onions and garlic, you know? <laughs> I was really little. concerned with this emotion that you're making, what you were going was, to uh, say before you said sauteing. I was, uh, I was making the, the, the saute flip motion. Because saute wouldn't be the first thing that I thought that you were going to say it's a good thing that this is a purely audio medium and that you can't see what is happening because right now. i am clearly flipping some onions and garlic <laughs> and uh drew's mind is elsewhere and on that note we're gonna get the heck out of here so uh we'll see you guys in at least one week uh but until then bye bye